to be together. This is a nice, uh, <coughs> nice setup. Just so you should know, we can't use uh, rooms two and three because Baruch Hashem, you know, this week Baruch Hashem, we're able to do a, a major driver medical supplies to go to Seven Hatzala and to go to the IDF. Baruch Hashem, it was uh, still ongoing. Still ongoing. So if you haven't participated yet, we're still Baruch Hashem collecting, doing, and it's beautiful. Sending multiple, multiple duffel bags filled with stuff. Baruch Hashem, Mika So, so that's why it's a good reason. If you have to be displaced. To be displaced because of chesed, because of avas avas yisrael, because of avas chinum. That's a a good reason to be displaced. And I will say, you know, tonight is the the Rebbe's yard site, so we're going to do something in Yerutz Hashem. You know, a little bit more uh, labouring and intense and formal in Yerutz Hashem. You know, in the next the next couple of weeks. But it is the Rebbe's yard site tonight. Hey Cheshvan, the fifth of Cheshvan. So actually, before Steve, you want to do our sponsors? Sure, Moshe Roth. 
Uh, thank you, in memory of our governor, Ben Schwartz. Who's was his best friend? Moshe Roth, in memory of David Ben whose Yorze was his best week and as a shmirah for her brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, Jerry Applebaum, in honor of the birthday of his daughter Liz. Mazel tov, mazel tov. Ali Brum, in Sikhus for Shalom in the world. Beautiful. And Yaffa Kaplan for sponsoring, and thanks to Rabbi Silver for being our anchor for Jewish talk and Okay. So, so, so just uh, for such tremendous hashkoch to all of our sponsors, and once again, a tremendous hashkoch to Rabbi Tzvi. Big one today, big one. The, the Yerushalmi Kogel gets taller every week. So again, you should just know really, like we come here, when we, 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 we eat, we make brachas, we fabrang, we learn. But uh, Reb Tzvi really works very hard, Baruch Hashem, to make sure that it's a, a beautiful Erev Shabbos experience for us. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank As a low-carb option, we have seltzer. Baruch <laughs> 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 Hashem. So, Chavra, so tonight, tonight is the... You know, I, I, I was thinking a lot in, in, the, in general. I think like we're all thinking a lot and just generally contemplative in terms of just everything that's going on. And one of the things I was thinking about, because the truth is this year and Thursday nights together with all of you is really, it's like the highlight of my week. And thinking about like, what is it that we're trying to accomplish in this, in learning this safer together? Right? What is it, what is it that we're trying to do? And of course, on a basic level, we're trying to grow and we're trying to become better people, we're trying to become the best version of ourselves. We're trying to become part, uh, you know, part of the chevra, of the chevra together. But... I was also thinking that, that one of the things that I know I'm trying to do, and, and I hope that the rest of the Chavra is, is having this experience also, is acquiring a Rebbe. You know, the Hasidim, one of the things that the Hasidim have, you know, a person can have a Rebbe, and a Rebbe is very beautiful, but a Rebbe is very different than a Rebbe. Right? A Rebbe is someone often who teaches you Torah. A Rebbe is someone who through his teachings and through who he is, actually helps to connect you to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a difference, right? A Rebbe teaches me Torah. So why do I need to find a Rebbe? I need to find someone I can understand. I like his style. I could connect. Of course, again, I want to know that he cares about me. I want to care about him. But a Rebbe, a Rebbe is someone who essentially takes you by the hand and says, let's go to HaKadosh Baruch Hu together. Let's go. Come with me. Let's go together. Whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it together and we're going to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu together. And I think one of the most incredible things about learning this Sefer, I think is, hopefully, you feel like the Piazetzna is your Rebbe. As you say to yourself, how could the Piazetzna be my Rebbe? The Piazetzna was murdered in 1943. Piazetzna, how could he be my Rebbe? I never met him. Right? How, how, how is that possible? It's possible. It's possible. When you learn the Torah of the tzaddik, you connect with the neshama of the tzaddik. You connect with the neshama of the tzaddik. You have a relationship with the tzaddik. And so, every week we come here, and well, so let's be honest, we all have other things we could do, right? As, as great as the food is, and it is excellent, right? But Lamaisa, like, we all, we're all pulled in different directions. There's plenty of things that we could be doing with our time. But we come here. Why do we come here? Because at the end of the day, you feel the Piaget's not pulling you. And I know, I know that if I take the hand of my Rebbe, if I take the hand of the Piazetzna, he is going to take me to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I know it. To be clear, it doesn't mean I can't get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on my own. Of course I can. Everyone has access to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
But some people, but for, you know, you know how like the Ramchal Ramosh Chaim Mutzatel and Silas Yisharim, he says he gives the marshal that life is like a maze. You remember this from Ramchal days? Life is like a maze, and he says most people what happens in the maze like you go here wrong turn. He said the way it used to work in like the gardens, like of royalty, is you would make it to the middle of the maze, and there was an elevated platform, and from there you could see all the different pathways. So the Piyajesna says there are people who navigate and get through the maze of life. And they're standing on that platform looking down. And if you could connect with one of those people, then they help you navigate the sometimes circuitous maze of life. That's what it means to have a Rebbe. That's what it means to have a relationship with the Piyajetzna that we have. Every week we come and we learn the Rebbe's Torah. And every week he takes us by the hand and he navigates us. Every week. You know what happens on Thursday nights? For the little bit of time that we have together, we, we advance a little bit in the maze. And I know that I'm going in the right direction. Why? Because my Rebbe is taking me. Because the Piyajetzna is taking me. So here we are on the yard site of the Piyajetzna. Hey, Cheshvan. And you know the, the power of a yard site is that the nefesh, the neshama, goes higher and higher each yard site. So you think to yourself, the piyajatzna, piyajatzna was a tzaddik. He died al kiddush Hashem. You know what I'm saying? It's tragic. We have to revisit this halacha. You know, there's an interesting halacha when someone dies al kiddush Hashem. Normally, when a person dies, so there's a process. There's a tara. There's a purification of the body. When a person dies al kiddush Hashem. There's no tara. There's no purification. The person is considered to be complete and completely holy. They're buried as is with their clothing. They're buried, they're not, no tachrichim, no shrouds. They're buried simply as is. That's what it means to die al kiddush Hashem. And unfortunately, again, this is a halacha for us in this current matzav. How many kiddushim, how many people were murdered al kiddush Hashem? Kiddushim. The, 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 high, the highest line, and the truth is, I should say it because like, somebody said it to me the other day and I, I, um, I had to just very lovingly just correct a little bit. You know, someone said to me, Kedoshim, how many of these young people were at a music festival on Shabbos? On Shabbos? On Shabbos? Chil Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael? All right. Chil Shabbos in Eretz Yisrael is a terrible thing. But when Jews are murdered, al Kiddush Hashem... Whether you murdered on a Shabbos, you murdered on a Sunday, you murdered on a Tuesday, whatever you were doing is completely and unequivocally irrelevant. When you die for being a Jew, you automatically ascend to the highest levels of Shemaim. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe died al Kiddush Hashem. Rebbe said, but it's just important. We don't, I, I, I just want to highlight this, and maybe I should have said it at the beginning. When did we start this Sefer? 14 years ago? Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? About, about 2007. Three months ago, thank you. It makes me feel better. Now I know it's. I know it's over a year, about a year and a month or so, a year and two months. I say, but I really like that's not scholar. We're coming here to just understand. So somebody asks you, you're walking down the street. Somebody asks you who your rebbe is. Piyazetzna. Piyazetzna is my rebbe. I'm a chassid of the Piyazetzna. Someone says. Someone says. Well, you don't look like a chassid of the Piyazetzna. So it's very simple. Chasa the Piyajetzna is not what you look like on the outside. Chasa the Piyajetzna is what you look like on the inside. The Rebbe sees my neshama. The Ribbon Shalom sees my neshama. So we'll say, so just, just a few words about the Piyajetzna. A little bit, uh, just before, a little bit of biographical information. I realize you talk about the Piyajetzna every week. And I never, you know, we never went through the biography. I actually did it a couple of years ago on Tisha B'Av. I spent the entire kinnis 
focused on the Piazetzna and, and the Torah of the Piazetzna. And there we did a much more exhaustive biographical sketch. But the Piazetzna of Clonomus Kalmus Shapira was born 1889. 1889, and died, was murdered in 1943. He was born in Grodzisk, Poland. His father was also a great uh, Hasidic master who was known as the Imre Eli Melech. At the age of three, the Rebbe was orphaned by his father. So the Rebbe was a child prodigy. Child prodigy in learning, a child prodigy in music. He was a self-taught musician. Self-taught musician. And already again, already by his late teens, he had already acquired for himself uh, an incredible and dramatic, um, what's the word, not identity, but reputation as, as a scholar, as a Rebbe. 1905, the Rebbe marries. His wife's name was Rachel Chaim Miriam. And the Rebbe had two children, a son, Elimelech ben Sion, and a daughter, Rachel Yehudis. So in 1909, the Rebbe becomes the Rebbe Piazetzna. So says, you, could just, you could just appreciate. So 1909, he's 20. He's 20 years old. 20 years old, he's appointed as the Rebbe of Piazetzna, which obviously tells you to be appointed Rebbe of a town at such a young age means that clearly he was, he was known. So between 1909 and 1939, the Rebbe developed a dramatic following and an incredibly vibrant and vital Hasidic court. He was a center of Hasidus, not just for people who lived in Piazza, but from all around. 1939, so the Germans, Nazis invade Poland, and the Rebbe's son, the Rebbe's son, Elimelech ben Sion, is killed in the bombardment. He dies, he dies in the German bombardment of, of Poland. In 1939, when the Germans invade, so the Rebbe is sent to the Warsaw Ghetto. Since the Warsaw Ghetto, so just so you understand, Warsaw, I, I, um, a number of summers ago, I don't know if anyone here was with me, we, we did a trip to Poland, trip to Poland, so you could see just the distance between Piazetzna and Warsaw, 20 kilometers, 20 kilometers. So the Rebbe is, is forcibly relocated from Piazetzna, ultimately again to Warsaw. The Rebbe in the Warsaw Ghetto, we've spoken about this many times, was a light, a light in such darkness. The Rebbe established a, a network of underground yeshivas, those yeshivas served as shuls as well. The Rebbe operated a soup kitchen, and the Rebbe operated an orphanage. These are all things that the Piazetzna Rebbe did. In July of 1942, the Rebbe's daughter, Rachel Yehudis, was taken out of the ghetto and was, was shipped off to Treblinka. Now, the Rebbe never knew what happened to his daughter. In fact, again, I've mentioned uh, in, in the introduction to Eish Kodesh. So remember, again, just to take a step back, the Rebbe's most well-known work. Are you going to talk about that for a second? Thank you. In his introduction, his introduction to Eish Kodesh. So the the Rebbe writes. All right, I'm not going to look for it for too long, but if I can find it quickly, I will. No, the handwriting, I can't read his handwriting, but... Uh... Okay, uh, the, 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 Rebbe, the Rebbe, again, I can't find it in here right now, but the Rebbe writes that I do not know what happened to my daughter, Rechel Yehudis. I don't know what happened to her. Um, I don't know what happened to her. And the Rebbe never knew that she was, she was murdered immediately upon coming to Treblinka. And in fact, again, he writes in his, uh, like Savan, his introduction to the Sefer, because he knew, remember again, Ish Kodesh, which is not the Sefer we're learning now. I mean, we actually have a piece, thank you. We actually have a piece, we may do it tonight if we have time. But um, 
the Rebbe gave drushas, not every Shabbos, but many Shabbos. Also, and then after Shabbos, he would record the drusha. He would record it, or the Gabbai would record it. They compiled these manuscripts, hid it in a milk canister, and the Rebbe wrote a letter with it, knowing already that he wasn't going to survive the war. Um, he wrote a letter, and in the introduction, he discusses his relative in Eretz Yisrael, send the manuscript to a relative in Eretz Yisrael, and if anyone knows what happened to my daughter, please look after her. Let's say it's the most, it's the most overwhelming and tragic of stories. The Rebbe, after the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in 1943, so the Piazzetta was sent to the Travniki work camp. Um, on November 3rd, 1943, which is the 5th of Cheshvan, the Rebbe was shot. The Rebbe was murdered with the remaining Jews of the town of Trevniki. So, so again, 5th of Cheshvan tonight. Tonight, tonight's the Rebbe's yard site. He was murdered by the Nazis on this, on this very day. And I will say, what's incredible and overwhelming to contemplate. Now, by the way, just sometimes hearing the story of great people, that's Torah also. So was he talking about a man a man who led, led such an overwhelmingly tragic life, orphaned at a young age, saw the death of both of his children. Even though he didn't see the death of his daughter, he saw her, he saw her, he saw her um, shipped off, right? He saw in the cattle car to Treblinka. He lost everything. He lost everything. I will say, but the most incredible thing about the Rebbe, and you see this much more come out in his works of Eish Kodesh, is the Rebbe himself never lost his emunah. He never lost his faith in Hashem. He never lost his way. He understood that his job always was to serve. This, this was his avoda, was to serve, was to do, was to help. And even when life robbed him of everything, he did whatever he could for his fellow, for his fellow Jew giving messages of hope, of optimism. That again, you know, in, in Eish Kodesh, so the tone of the drushas changes year to year. You know, in the beginning, and remember again, the first drushas given in 1930, really 1940, is the beginning. Tav the year, Tav Shin, is the first drushas. The, 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 the message is very hopeful, right? The message itself is very optimistic. And then as things go on, and it's clear that most people are not going to survive, so the message changes to bravery and courage in accepting death, Al-Kiddush Hashem. Recognizing that maybe we're not going to make it out of this, but we go with our head held high. I say, that's the Piyazhatzna. That's the Piyazhatzna. And even if you never learned one word of his Torah, never learned one word of his Torah, then at the end, at the end of the day, his story is the most inspirational thing in and of itself. And I'm saying, especially if you think about it, that we're observing this yard site in these days. I say, I, I just want to mention something that, that it's important, you know, for many of us, what's so striking about what's unfolding these days in Eretz Yisrael is many of us, right, the younger amongst us, have never experienced something like this. If you weren't alive during the Yom Kippur War, right, so then if, if I wasn't alive in 1973, so I don't have a frame of reference for this. I wasn't born in 1973. I, I've, never, I've never seen anything like this before. A potential war on multiple fronts. Over 1,300 murdered. Over 2,000 injured. 203 precious neshamas held captive. Who, whoever saw things like this. And I would say, but it's important to always look at everything in context. And to recognize, this is the story of our people. Every generation, every generation, there are those who seek to wipe us out. But yet the amazing part is we're still here. 
And why are we still here? Because we're Hasidim of the Piyajatzna. Because Rabbi said, the hope, the optimism, the strength, the outlook, emuna, bitachan, it's in our spiritual DNA. That is from the Piyajatzna, that's from the Rebbe. I say that's who we are, and that's what we are, and that's why again we are so privileged to have a rebel like this. Just like the Rebbe shepherded his Hasidim through one of the darkest chapters of Jewish history during the Holocaust, the same Rebbe shepherds us through these difficult and dark days as well. So Rebbe say we should hope that our Torah that we learn. The Chavrashaf, the feeling of Achtos, the feeling of togetherness that we generate through coming here. Every, the Rebbe brings us here together. Right? We joke about the food and this. It's not the food that brings us here. It's delicious. It's wonderful once we get here. It's not even the Chavr that brings us here. That's nice once we get here. It's the Rebbe that brings us here. The Rebbe brings us here. And the same Rebbe that brought us here and the same Rebbe that gives us strength and has given us strength through the darkest times gives us strength during these dark times as well. To keep our Amuna, to keep our Bitochen, to keep our relationship with one another. And we know that if we do all of that, then Amir Hashem, we will get through this current matzah as well. And not only will we get through it, but we'll emerge stronger, we'll emerge more unified, and we'll emerge Amir Hashem even holier. So I was saying the merit of our Tamu Torah, the merit of the Chavrashaf, the merit of the growth, the merit of this Olus, our Rebbe's Neshama should have an Aliyah. Right? We, should, we hope that the Piazetzna is proud of us as Talmidim, and we hope that everything we do is a credit to his Neshama. But we also say, Abba Kasha, we say, Rebbe, Rebbe, you who are in Shamaim, you are in Gan Eden. We ask you for one simple thing just to go before the Kiseh HaKavit. Go before HaKadosh Baruch Hu tonight on your yard set, when the Neshama is propelled even higher, and advocate for your people. You advocated for them in the ghetto. You advocated for them during the dark years of the Nazis, Masham Zichram. So Piazetz Narebba, go before the Kiseh HaKavit again and once again advocate for us. And ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have Rachamim. And ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to have compassion. Ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to avert the din. And ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to take care of our soldiers. And ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to take care of our brothers and sisters. And most of all, ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to please finally see fit to bring the Melech HaMashiach Mehera Amenu. Amen. Amen. Let's learn a piece from the Piazetzna together. Actually, tonight, what I want to do is, I actually want to share with you a piece from Parshas Noach. This is actually from Eish Kodesh. From Eish Kodesh, take a sheet, plenty of sheets. We're going to do this tonight, Demir Tzashem. Originally, I was going to tie this into a piece from, uh, I was going to tie this into a piece from I don't know the way to get. Uh, I don't know the way to get to it tonight, but uh, maybe we'll do at least do the piece from from the pages. So let's listen to this. So the pasuk says as follows. Now the Rebbe is quoting over here. Rebbe is quoting over here from the beginning of Parshas Noach. Noach, Noach ish the truth is, we're not going to focus even on the vart at all. We're not going to focus on the vart. This is from Tafshin Aleph, nineteen forty one. Nineteen forty one. So I'll say the Rebbe quotes an incredible Gemara. Look at look at number. Look at no, I'm sorry, number. Look at the page. It says Kisa Hedrin. So I will say this is a, this is an incredible story. The Gemara. Gemara that's how he starts. Listen to this. Maisa b'shnei b'nei Adam shenishbu baharakarmo. So I will say it's a story about Jews being taken captive. A story about Jews being taken captive. Let's say, is, is, isn't it like it's overwhelming? It's overwhelming how it's overwhelming. So the story of two Jews being taken captive, Shnishba Bahara Karmel. 
They were taken captive of Har Carmel. Now, remember, now where, remember, where's Har Carmel? Har Carmel is Haifa, right? Har Carmel, right? Har Carmel ultimately is where Elio Hanavi has his big showdown with the Nevi Habal. A lot of holy stuff happened in Har Carmel. So these Jews were taking captive of Har Carmel. Listen to this. And ultimately, again, their captor, their Gentile captor, was walking behind them. So the two Jews, the two Jews, so we'll say just if you imagine the scene. So the two Jews are walking. Their captor is behind them. In front of them is a camel. In front of the two Jews. I see a camel, the two Jews, and, and the captor behind the two Jews. Okay, so what happened? So one Jew said to another, That camel that's walking in front of us, Suma It's blind in one eye. It's blind in one eye. And it's carrying two skins on it, right? Two like like you know like receptacles. Two skins, one of wine and one of oil. And the two people leading the camel, one is Jewish and one is not Jewish. Okay, so so the the captor. Overhears this whole story, right? So one Jew says again. So we'll say. So the, the Jew says a number of things. Number one, the camel is blind in one eye. Number two, the camel is holding two skins. One is oil. One is water. Number three, the two people leading it. One of them is Jewish. One of them is not Jewish. So Amr Lam Shabai, Am Oref. So the the captor says, "You stiff-necked people. You stiff-necked people. May I not How do you know that? Come on." How do you know that the camel is blind in one eye? It's carrying one skin of oil, one skin of water, and the two people leading it, one of them is Jewish, one of them is not. How do you possibly know that? Amrulo, so it's very simple. They said to him, Next, first of all, how do I know the camel is blind in one eye? Because the camel eats, usually eats the grass that's in front of it. I see the camels only eating the grass on one side and not on the other side. So that must mean, of course, that the camel is blind in one eye, only sees the grass on one side, and is eating the grass on that side. Okay, that's how it's blind in one eye. And that it's holding two skins, one of wine and one of oil. It's very simple. I see that there's liquid that's, that's dripping out of the skins. One liquid is getting absorbed into the soil. And one liquid ultimately, again, is kind of lying on top. So remember, again, wine gets absorbed. Oil, kind of because of the thickness, remains on top of the ground. So I could see two different types of liquid. Next, next. And there are two people leading, leading the camel. One of them is Jewish, one of them is Gentile. So how do you, right? how do you know that? Nachri nifna when the Gentile wants to relieve himself, he just relieves himself straight ahead, right? Stops the caravan and just like straight ahead. The Jew, when he has to relieve himself, goes off to the side, right? A Jew is tsenua, a Jew is modest, a Jew is modest. So what happens? So the Shabbat, so the captor hears all of this and he's like, no, there's no way you're correct. So what does he do? Radov Achareim, he runs to the front of the, front of the line over there and sure enough, what does he see? What does he see? The camel is blind in one eye. The camel is, in fact, carrying two skins, one of wine and one of oil. There are two people eating the camel. One of them is Jewish and one of them is not. The Jew was right on all accounts. So the, so the Gentile, the captor, came along, kissed the Jews on their head. He brought them to, their, to his house. 
and he made for them a great meal. He made for them a great meal. The, the Gentile captor was dancing in front of the Jews. Blessed is the one who chose the offspring of Avraham, and he gave to, his, gave to the offspring of Avraham, his, of his wisdom, of God's wisdom. Wherever they go, they become the masters. They become the masters of their masters. And what happened? Upatran, he let them go free. He let them go free. And ultimately, again, they went back to their homes in peace. Overwhelming story. Overwhelming story. So the Piagetzna, and this is, I just want to, it's a, this is actually a much longer piece. I only want to quote you just this next piece. The Piagetzna quotes the Marsha. The Marsha. And the Marsha says, So if you remember again, the way the story, the way the story went ahead and the way the story unfolded, ultimately is again, is again, the Jews are talking, right? And they say to each other again, the camel's blind in one eye, has two skins, one of wine, one of oil, two people eating it, one Jew, one Gentile, right? So the Shabbat, the, 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 the captor hears this and he says to them, I'm Oref, you stiff-necked people. So the Marshal says, why does he call them a stiff-necked people? Like why, why, is, why is that here? Why, why is that here? Why, why, why is that now? Why is that now? So the Marshal says, Umatares, the way of the world is that generally suffering diminishes wisdom. Right? That's the way of the world. Suffering diminishes wisdom. Right? When you're suffering, so we'll say we know this. What happens when a person is suffering? They often don't think rationally. Right? I, I'm not. So, so, we'll say, you know, it's an interesting thing. People, people think, people think that when you're suffering, you find God. Right? That like when you're suffering, that's when people are drawn to God. I will tell you, in my experience, people who are suffering are not drawn to God. People who are suffering often don't have the bandwidth for God. Because people who are suffering often have to go ahead and summon up all of their emotional energy just to keep afloat. Crisis often doesn't engender a relationship with God. Crisis puts you in survival mode. Crisis puts you in survival mode. What do I need to do in order to make it to tomorrow? Or for tomorrow. What do I need to do in order to make it just an, an hour from now? People often don't have bandwidth for God. So the Marshal says, the Marshal says, generally, suffering diminishes wisdom. Chachma. There's no chachma in the midst of suffering because the totality of a person's kach is going towards survival. Veheim kshe'oref. Yet cloud Yisrael, we're a stiff-necked people. How so? Lachshov al-atzmam she'odem chachamim. They will say, we... Never lose our chachma. We never lose our chachma. We never lose our wisdom. So the Shabbai, what the captor couldn't understand, what the captor couldn't understand is essentially, this is really what it is. What the captor couldn't understand is, you guys are in captivity. And by the way, who knows what was going to happen to these Jews? So one would think at that point in time, rational thought goes out the window. You lose your wits. You lose your wits. Right, you lose your direction, and simply you just give in to yeosh, you give in to despair. And yet, these Jews, these Jews, they have their wits, they have their chachma, they're able to intuit different things that are going on around them. Or in other words, they kept it together. So the Shabbat, the captor, says, you are a stiff-necked people. And I will say, but the stiff-necked people, that was a compliment. 
Do you know what the greatness of Klal Yisrael is? The greatness of Klal Yisrael is grace under pressure. Is that even when things become overwhelming, we don't lose it. Even when things become difficult and tragic, and literally, again, it feels like maybe the sky is falling, we steady ourselves, we know that we have a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and we figure out a way forward. I was saying, do you understand when the Piaget's Noah was saying this? This was Parshas Noah, 1941, in the Warsaw Ghetto. Remember, I will say, in the Warsaw Ghetto, there are no children. There are no children in the Warsaw Ghetto. Children were either deported or died of starvation, which means that in the Kehila, in the shul, so to speak, of the Piazetzna, almost every single person there has lost someone in the immediate past. Some, right? Whether it's their child, whether it's their spouse, whether it's their parent, whether it's all of the above. And what is the Piagetzna saying to them? Not straight out. In a new one, because you have to be careful what you say to people who are grieving. But what does he say to them? What does he say to them? Keep it together. Keep it together. Let's keep, we, we can't lose ourselves. We cannot lose ourselves. We have to steady ourselves. We have to anchor ourselves. We have to somehow connect ourselves to our Kodesh Baruch Hu, to Hatsur Tamim Paolo, to ultimately to the rock. We have to anchor ourselves in the only thing that seems to be steady and reliable in our unpredictable world. This, Abose, is what the Piagetzno is saying. Parshas Noach, 1941. Don't lose yourself in the chaos of the moment. Now, I will say, what the Piagetzno was also really saying, something incredible. Piagetzno was saying, and he says this, not in this drasha, but in subsequent drashas. There is Kedusha in the chaos. There is Kedusha. What, what do I mean by that? Well, so we started Amin Yomi this week. Started on Yomi. And by the way, it's fantastic. It's fine. I'm not saying because I'm giving you that. It's just, it's just fantastic. It's just fantastic. <laughs> and we have the best liquid refreshments. Thanks to Shmuel Artman. Baruch Hashem. We have healthy water, unhealthy water, tap water, fancy water, alkaline water, non-alkaline water, lead water, non-lead water. We've got everything. Right? And I say seltzer, seltzer, every, everything. Everything you could possibly want. So I will say, on, in, in brachas, in brachas, and however, I urge you, because it, it's kedai, even if you're doing the daf, it's 20 minutes here. Tonight, when I went a little bit longer, 25 minutes, 20 minutes here. It's beautiful. You get a daf of Gemara. We think we're just going to do it Monday through Thursday, two blot a week, two blot a week. You have Friday, Shabbos, Sunday to review whatever you learn. It's a mechaya. It's a mechaya. It's the best thing in the world. It's the best part of my week. I know. This is also the best part of my week. Dafyomi, Dafyomi is also the best part of my week. I have a lot of best. It's like all of your children are your favorites, right? Every one of my children is my favorite. Everything is the best part of the week. Shabbos said, we learned, we learned the beautiful Gemara. You learned the beautiful Gemara. Actually, I'm going to share this. I have to go to a Chalabek. I think I'm going to share this idea. That, um, is that the best part of the road? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't been there yet. I don't know what's going to happen. It will be. Say, but, but, but I, I want to... I want to uh, oh, Howie, leave. Uh, Goodbye. Seriously. All right, you're out. Come you're on. the biggest leak. Yeah. Come on. You're not sitting here anymore, by the way. That's it. So, yeah. So, so listen to this. So there's a, there's a beautiful Gemara. So the, the Gemara says, the Gemara says that Rabbi Yossi, we, we just had Gimel Amadalif, Rabbi Yossi went into a Chorva, he went into a ruin, to Davin, 
right? And Elio, Elio told him, right? So and he went into Davin. Elio waits for him by the Pesach, by the entrance. And Elianov, he says to him, you know, what, essentially Elianov gives him Musa. He shouldn't have gone into the ruin. But then Elianov, he says something amazing. Elianov, says, what did you hear? What did you hear in the ruin? And Rabbi Yossi says, I heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I heard Hashem. I was so struck by that Gemara. Because I think what that Gemara is saying is, it's in the ruins that you hear the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sometimes it's Tafka when everything comes crumbling down. And sometimes it's Tafka when we are most vulnerable and most scared and most unsure. Sometimes it's Tafka in the Churva, in the destruction, that you really could hear the voice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when you hear that voice in the midst of the Churva, it steadies you. It anchors you. I could make it through this. I could be okay and not come out okay. I could come out even stronger. Mm-hmm. I will say that was what the Piazetna was saying. That was what the Shabbai was saying. You am kishe oref. How come no one is able to break you people? Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to add on to your point. He built a mikvah, and because he wanted family to go in, and he appreciated chasim. Right. So true. Right. Continuity of life. Kind of beautiful. Beautiful. So true. So you hear what the Shabbat is saying, what the captor is saying. The captor is saying is, how come I can't break you? How come no one can break you people? It's ridiculous. You're an Am Kishay Oref. Nothing breaks your spirit. Nothing breaks your spirit. The Shabbat can't believe it. You're in shackles. You're being enslaved. You're a captured Har Kamel. How come nothing breaks your spirit? How come nothing breaks our spirit? You know why? Because at the end of the day, the Shekhinah is in the Khurban. Sometimes the Kaddish Baruch Hu is closest to us Dafka in those moments when things are so incredibly difficult. I will say this was the message in the Warsaw Ghetto, Parshas Noach, 1941. And it's the message, Parshas Noach, 5784. This is the message for us, I will say. There's a shtikel churban, there's some churban. There is some destruction that's happening in Klaal Yisrael. But wherever you find churban, that's also where you find the shechina. That's also where you find the ribono shal olam. Sometimes the more broken we are, the more open we are to connecting with that which is whole and complete. That's how the Piagetzna studied his Hasidim. And I both say that's how our Rebbe studies us as well. So we should hope again that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Rebbe's Neshama should have an Aliyah, Shavah Lichtgal Gan Eden, should be a Melit Yosha for us, for all of Klal Yisrael. And I say most of all, Davin for Mashiach, you know why? Imagine, imagine again, who knows what the spread is going to be. When the Piazetna is sitting here giving the share. Right? I'll be sitting between David and Moshe Roth over there, right? I want the, I want the straight view. Right? But imagine what the spread is going to be when the Piazetna comes to learn with us. We should be Zochemir Sashem. That that day should happen. Bekarov. Everybody can help clean up. I've covered this my, my riff now in the, in the shul.